Welcome to the Chicago Beef Like This is uh, Chip, and I'm here with Alex. How are you doing, Alex? Uh, okay. You're okay? That's good to yeah. hear. How are you doing, hey. Chip? I'm doing okay. I was. This has been a, a week, uh, and uh, it's now the end of the week. So um, finally we get to talk baseball and um, reminisce on the fact that uh, – both of our teams are in the uh, in, in in the crapper, and uh, no, I shouldn't say that. Your team is doing fine. Mine is, uh, and it's uh, a little I'm frustrating. Gonna, I'm going to lose this week, which is going to drive me nuts. But um, you're so, literally okay. winning, and you had a tw- you had an eleven or whatever breakdown last week. I, you have we, nothing to say about. There may well we don't know for certain about that, but one of the things um, that we've done for all of our wonderful listeners is that we've put together a fun agenda today that's going to include um i'm going to call a segment called aces and <laughs> we can talk about pitching and vent probably is the better word uh we're going to go through a little bit of we're going to do a quick recap of week one and then talk about what's going on this week and then we've got some more fun stuff and we're going to look at some of the top players in fantasy baseball right now in the beef league. Chip, what am I missing? Hot starts, cold starts. Um, and we'll talk about the matchups. Uh, what happened last week real briefly, but we'll touch on uh, and what's going on this week, but most of we'll look forward to next week and uh, make some prognostications and or some stupid bets. Bold predictions. And yeah, so... Let's just do a recap of last week. I think all that needs to be said is that the revenge tour has started. I'm ready to take the championship and go 22-0. and 0. Wow. That, that sounds like me <laughs> last week or two weeks ago. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, you, I, I'm definitely not confident in my team, but I need to pretend, you know, show of strength. Yes. So uh, I defeated Autovish. Should have happened. Did happen. Chip. Your matchup last week. What, I beat the that? mighty Battle Battle of Evermore, uh, eight to two. Um, had a fine week. Um, I don't. I don't. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of this stuff in a minute. But uh, Ken whooped on Dave, um, and I think that might be one of the bigger highlights to date of the season. Is Ken's hot start? He's doing real well. Uh, in low. It was against Auto Dave, who we have as someone who wasn't going to make the playoffs. Correct, but Ken went also eleven and one in a breakdown, or ten and one in breakdown. So it. No, I, I agree. His, his regardless of the opponent, his numbers were great. Yeah, and speaking of, yeah. of colossal destruction, uh, Chen destroyed Sunil ten uh, zero, and I think that Sunil should be ashamed of himself. I just don't know if he What's has any point? shame. Yeah, what's the penalty? Like, we need to think of a penalty if you get 10 0 in our league. And yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, something, uh, you know, like you don't have to lose a pick or no. something like that. But I think it would be fun if we had some type of penalty for that because it is somewhat rare. Correct. It's, it, it, and it's exciting. It's, it's, if, uh, it adds an extra dilemma, uh, dimension of, you know, five fives are fun, I think, uh, looking down to the gap. But 10-0, whoo. Right. There's got to be something there. 
anyway, uh, the two other matchups of the, of, of the first week was uh, John versus Lowe, and it was a, a 5-5 gap um, decision where Lowe pulled it out, um, stunning John. And Josh uh, pulled out a 5-5 tie and a gap win over, uh, uh, over Zavo. Thoughts? No. Uh, I think those teams are all, you know, I think Zavo's team played stronger and, and he's, you know, kicking my butt this week. Uh, so my, my thoughts there would just be like, good for swing and miss, good for team S&M. Uh, but John Lowe, um, it, who else was it? John Lowe, Zavo Josh. played against Josh. I mean, those guys are supposed to be competitive every week. So. Yeah, uh, and we'll get into some each of the teams, but uh, Lowe and John was about, I think, a good battle. Uh, Josh and, and Zavo was basically offense versus uh, pitching, and, uh, and very surprising um, that that uh, Zavo came back. But uh, Josh's team is vulnerable, uh, as, as I kind of predicted uh, coming out of the draft. Yes. It, it's it, not as good. It's not he didn't it's not his team from last year. Or at least I mean the other thing that I would just point out with Josh's team, right? He had a two start week from Sandy Alcantara, who won a complete game, shut out the first game, and then gave up like nine runs the second game. <laughs> yes. Also, Max Scherzer has like a five ERA. We're gonna get to pitching, but you know, it it's an open question to me as to you know what what the expectations can be from guys who we kind of considered solid like the, the top you know 30 pitchers um and, and then frankly even the top 10 but okay um yes so this week what are the matchups uh do you, so do you have any thoughts about those two games other than what you shared no, I, okay. One, the only other thing is that Lowe's, Lowe and John are both, I think, good teams and will be competitive and and I think in it this year. Um, I won't. I I will not be looking forward to playing them. I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, so let's this, let's move to Nick this week. This week, uh, real quick, I'll just I'll recap them the matchups and you give me your who's your what's your favorite matchup. So we got. Jay versus Vishnu, Low versus Chen, Josh versus Dave, John versus Sunil, me versus Ken, and you versus Zavo. You what's can. The you you what, what's the I like three of those. I like the you and Ken. Uh, I like the one before that that you listed. Sunil and John. Sunil and John, and then the other one that I like is Low versus Chen. Yeah, I, I low and Chen is is got to be to me the the number one matchup of the week. Um, maybe followed by me and Ken. And we're, we're um, recording here on Thursday evening, so Chip, you can go ahead and and give the the scores as of right now. Oh, Ken's beating me, and I'm not sure I can beat him. Um, and right now, Chen is, and Low are tied five five, um, which is interesting. I mean, also to note, Jay is losing to Vishnu. You're beating Zavo. Let's, and, okay, so uh, let's let's just also put the numbers out there too, right? Oh, so it's like, six four, six four. Um, 
Ken's beating me seven and a half, two and a half, and uh, John's beating Sunil seven three. So, so it's, as, it's still early. As we predicted, Sunil's team is just, despite having two of the best players in baseball, he <laughs> is not performing. Which I, I've heard uh, this again. This isn't firsthand, obviously, but I've heard that that's a comment that a lot of people share about Sunil. Uh, that he's awful. N- no, Chip. Um, that he that he's you know can't perform. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, See, I feel like you know we've been doing this show for two years now, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've been harsher on Sunil than you have, and it's beginning to bug me. What? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. In the last episode, we. I literally spent like 30 seconds spewing nonsense and uh, vile uh, hatred towards Sunil. Yeah, and no, you no, buddy, think- that's not, is that the one that made the final cut or is that the one we had to read? Was that the first one that we had to destroy? <laughs> well, and yeah, you did, you, you did a good like 30 second, 45 second personal rant. attacks, personal yes. t- attacks, not against his team, but like against him. Whereas, like, when I do a personal attack, I kind of tie it into his team. Like, his team's not mm, performing. Yeah, personal. I, mine's personal. Uh, no. But, but I don't uh, hear it, is my point. And I think everyone listening, like, I don't think that folks, if uh, ran, rando folks were listening to this episode because it's just good podcast, <laughs> and they wouldn't necessarily get the sense that you really are, like, that you, he's your nemesis. And... You know, he's not a nemesis anymore. He's basically that little like flea that keeps coming on, and you you, you flick him off, and he keeps flying back. It's it's not quite um, a rivalry at all. But speaking of Sunil, wow. he's beaten you like every time in the last seven years. That's factually not correct. But just like Lowe is also, I think, undefeated against you in the last seven years. These are both factually incorrect. But this is my segue. Segway is we have two uh, segments that we're going to touch on. One being uh, biggest uh, biggest start, uh, best starts of the season so far in the first two weeks. Um, one of which is on Sunil's scene, and the second one is your intangibles. Which one do you want to do? Let's do hot start, and then we'll take a quick break. Then we're going to do pitching and intangibles. All right. So Sunil's team has, um, you, you noted the two fabulous players that uh, we all kind of wish we had on, his, on Tra- our team. Trail Turner and Shohei Otani. Um, yes. But there's uh, now a third player that I don't think you would say, had said at the beginning of the year that you really want, but he is the number one hitter in the league, according to CBS. And he's, okay. he's injured. His name is Matt Chapman. He's batting yep. 489 with three home runs and 15 RBIs. Despite that, Sunil is getting his ass handed to. And, uh, you know, he could uh, he could be in the market of selling Matt Chapman to someone because... Uh, Jay would be a buyer. Jay likes Matt Chapman. Oh, he I loves know that John and I have been there and done that. You know, <laughs> we've experienced the highs and we've lived the lows, which is just to say for Sunil, I mean, I, I think we like Matt Chapman is Matt Chapman. He's going to bat two 
30 this year. So he's in for some regression. regression. To, yeah. Regression. Uh, I, I don't, if the question is, do I buy his start? Uh, the answer is no. He's a streaky right. dude and he hits the ball hard. That's not the problem. The problem is he's not going to be able to keep up this batting average. No. Um, well, notably, just so moving off of Matt Chapman, the number two player overall has been um, my wonderful, wonderful Wander Franco, uh, who is, if, is having a, a quite nice two-week start, 12 games so far with four home runs. Four home runs. I don't think he's ever hit 15 in a year. Do you think he sustains? Sorry, I, I don't buy Trey Turner. Also, or excuse me, I don't buy um, Wander Franco. You do, you don't buy him. Mm. All the pundits love him. Uh, also, I have him as number fifteen overall in CBS, not number two. Number two is Brian Reynolds. Sure, he's also with having five a home runs. Start. Number three is R- Smooth Ron Acuna. Number four is Adam Duvall, and then there's Wander Franco. Sure, we're just I'm, I'm picking some names. The, the next name I wanted, I wanted you to You said about. he was – hold on, Tom. We're going to rewind the tape because I'm fairly certain you said he was number two. Oh, no. I'm, I'm looking at fan graphs, and I don't, I don't really care about CBS's batting average. Um, well, CBS, uh, keep in mind, follows our league scoring. No, it doesn't. It uses batting average. Does it? There's OBP here. Well, whatever. You know what? Point being, listen, I'm, I'm trying to make content here, okay? So my next name I wanted to shout out is Louis, Luis Robert. Yeah. I have not watched a single game, and he has not taken a single walk. But is this well, legit? Okay. So he's never going to be a guy that takes a lot of walks, but he's hitting the <laughs> ball really hard. Uh, I have watched – I watched a lot of so- – well, it, I bring that up just because I know that you have issues with Tim Anderson and – Tim Anderson manages to do just fine, even though he doesn't take walks. So a completely different player profile. But my point being that like, no, that's not the, correct. I, I get that. I get that. Like uh, I would rather have a guy that continues to put the ball in play by hitting the ball hard. than like part of Juan Soto's start, which is probably like a 500 OBP with a 120 average. Correct. So um, I wholeheartedly Louis Robert is uh, the, it's just health. He's never been healthy. I'm. I'm. I hope he's. Uh, he's healthy all year because it would be fun to watch. That'd be key to Lowe's. Uh, Lowe's team. Um, the next name I wanted to shout out to you is. Uh, we we talked about him. Oh, during can the I draft. Just, sorry, can I just point one thing out about Matt mm-hmm. Chapman right now? Oh, oh, go go for it. Because we're talking about sustainable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Guess what his current BABIP is. I am literally looking at it. It's, oh, okay. Um, it's um. It's 588. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so again, he's hitting the ball really hard, uh, which is great, but a 588 BABIP when his career is closer to 275 to 80. Um, yeah, I would, I would def. And he's also like his, his, his walk rates are on the same. His strikeout rate is down pretty significantly, almost 10%. So I'm just saying, I don't, that that's going to continue it just the batted ball stuff for him just last thing on match I mean, is it's all exciting like good like hard hit he is 
he has a ton of barrels. He has a ton more hard hits. He's 70% hard hit percentage. That's crazy. His exit velocity is up a lot. Uh, Max EV is up. It's kind of just everything shouts to being he's having a really good start. I, I, is it sustainable? His strikeout rate is down. He's usually a 30% K, uh, K guy and he's at 19%. All of which to say, this is an interesting start. So if someone needs a third baseman, they should probably be barking down Sunil because Sunil doesn't listen to this. So uh, you, should, you could take advantage. And I could use another third baseman. I'm just saying. Um, so, Chip, I want to hear a potential tra- – I, w- I want to hear a trade go down this week because I've been trying to make a trade and Jay just refuses to budge, which doesn't surprise anyone. Um, well, it's Jay. you, you got to understand your audience. Anyway, um, last player I wanted to call out uh, on this segment is uh, – of, of hitters at least – is James Outman. He's number five in war right now, and he is – we talked about him being uh, a late flyer uh, Dodgers outfielder. We talked about it. He had a good spring. You didn't like the whole uh, battle in the outfield with Hayward, I remember. Do you believe it can Yeah, sustain? and that's – well, I, I do remember that, and I ended up – remember, I drafted Trace Thompson at some point. Yes, um, <laughs> and then and- yelled at for for somehow you you drafted him and you blamed me for that yeah but what it was a late pick my point was just that i got the cheapest outfield option i think in that um for the dodgers i don't remember mm-hmm. if i drafted him ahead of outman and uh hayward i don't remember where they went but for me it was just i'll, I'll put it this way with the way that outman's playing i i've already dropped thompson he's he's now just a platoon guy against lefties which is obviously the weak side of the platoon mm-hmm. and um yeah that could be a great pickup if he's going to be continue to be the strong side of that platoon yeah i uh, okay my, my little bonus hitter that we have to talk about because uh of our our, our text thread on uh, another t- couple text threads we have but mr jared kalanick dude is it real uh, no. So, <laughs> well, I mean, here, here's what I'll say. Like, you don't always hit the ball really far when you hit it, but, like, struggled to hit it really well. Uh, like, Joey Gallo for the first 10 years of his career and Adam Duvall for, like, his entire career. Nope, not Adam Duvall. Adam Dunn, excuse me. Adam Dunn. Ooh, that's an interesting. No, that's a terrible comp. But go on. How is that a terrible comp? Uh, just it's hard with the this he's an enormous human being Gerald Kevick's not a, oh I'm not talking about like physical I'm talking about tr- three outcome player three two and, outcome players yeah and, and that's what I think like Kellenick's best bet here will be three true outcome player it's really cool just last thing it's cool that he his name is right next to Mike Trout in this list it's just interesting I'll leave it at that But Um, again, as we pointed out earlier, this list is, for all we know, a made-up list that you alone are looking at. It's 12 games. It's 11 games. Anyway, it's early in the season. It's just fun stats. Um, Okay, switching over to pitching, just a real quick. We're not going to spend too much time. So let's let's take a quick break here. This episode is produced by High Aldwin Productions, a subsidiary of the Hubbard Woods Collective, a S&P company. Welcome Welcome back. back. Well, oh, oh. to do it. Oh, sorry, sweet. it's just too fun. I, I'm sorry, Chip. That wasn't nice. You're so um, excited. Pitching segment. So, 
aces, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about aces. As far as I'm concerned, there's one ace left in baseball, and that's Garrett Cole. Uh, he is the only guy that of like the top tier pitchers that doesn't have some major issues, in my opinion. And oh, okay. the second is probably Julio Urias. Then it's basically the entire Rays pitching staff and guys <laughs> who I don't like. So let's let's start with Cole Chip. Uh, he's you know pretty far by no or far away the best pitcher right now, starting pitcher. I I would disagree. What's wrong with Degrom? What do you mean? What's wrong with Degrom? He's great. I'm saying. Anyway, I think there's a lot of. Uh, all the aces are doing aces things. I don't think that's all that interesting. Um, Wait, no you don't? I, think, I don't think they are doing aces things. Uh, I mean, in the top 10, tell me how many of these are aces. All right. DeGrom. Cole. Urias. Castillo. Gossman. DeGrom has a 4.32 ERA. Yes, his FIP is 1.31. He has a 14.5 K per nine and a one walk. He had like he gave up a home run and and <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, anyway. It, okay. I mean, it, sure. I guess I, I'm looking more at like again the uh, un, the FIP is always going to be different. It's not going to stay uh-huh. that far apart for Degrom. Mm-mm. But okay. So continue. So Cole anyway. yes, Degrom is nice, but he's shouldn't. I, I don't know how you're ranking this. He's he might get injured, but he's an ace when he's healthy. We've talked about that. Castillo's what's this what are you basing your ranking on? Oh, I mean this is just in terms of war or any any type of value. I mean, just best pitchers that have performed so far. Okay. So you're looking in the fan, in the fantasy spectrum of, in terms of like wins in K's per nine and uh, ERA and WHIP, right? Yeah, I'm looking at like what matters in fantasy baseball, <laughs> which is I okay. So I'm looking um, at your it's Cole Urias, and then there's a there's a, a Cease, McClanahan, Castillo, Gossman, etc. Um, so there's a couple yes. interesting names you you mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and then there's a couple other interesting names besides them. So first Agreed. one, Pablo Lopez, and his, count, his counterpart in Minnesota, Sonny Gray. And Sonny Gray, does that seem sustainable? Yeah, if they keep playing the White Sox, it does. <laughs> I watched that <laughs> series. Yeah, if you get to be um, in the AL Central, they might do fine. Oh yeah, they're they're going to win the AL Central with. I mean it. Look, Pablo Lopez, always question of health. Sonny Gray, frankly, more or less the same thing. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I just get the sense that he doesn't really pitch a whole season. So great for, great for Minnesota at the moment. Yeah. But I mean, there's, we Time have, will tell. what's that? Time will tell. And uh, it, the, the, in, in terms of, uh, in the B league, the, in terms of the top, 10 or top 20 pitchers we'll t- take a look at here. There's a couple of just notable uh, pitchers that you and I probably both 
or have no interest in owning ever. But Kyle uh, Freeland. Kyle Freeland. Yeah, never. Eighteen innings, eleven strikeouts, and uh, an ERA and WHIP under one. Has not pitched in Colorado yet. To your point. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe he's a good streamer uh, for on the road. Um, What are your thoughts of Marcus Stroman? I think you like him, and I hate him. I do like Marcus Stroman. Cub, I should like him. Yeah. He's had a good start. I do like him. This is, I mean, he's not going to finish the year with a, an ERA under at one. He's going to finish with an ERA somewhere. Like if he's, I mean, I could see him going low threes, but yeah, like I like Stroman. I, it, I, I think it's just, as you look at this list of guys, there are just, for starters, there are a few guys who are still free agents and that tells you exactly how much faith the broader <laughs> group has in that. Um, and then there's just a lot of dudes, I guess, you know, what I was talking about, kind of this jokingly saying aces, right? I I just look at this and I see based on our league scoring, there aren't a ton of guys that like, there there are a lot of guys who are kind of maybe in that 10 to 20 range, like Gossman and um, you know, that, that are kind of showing up here, but where's the top 10? And I mean Bieber's in the top thirty right now. Yeah, Degrom's out of the top thirty. Uh, I know. I mean, hell, Verlander hasn't even thrown a pitch yet. Nope. Uh, Scherzer's out. He's you know got a four and a half ERA with a one point two WHIP. Uh, Shohei, I don't understand why he's not higher because he's dominant as hell. He's thrown 19 innings, 24 strikeouts with an ERA of 0.47 and a whip of 0.95. So anyway, to your point, I guess for some reason, maybe it's because he's only thrown. No, I don't. Yeah, that's really strange. Like, how is he not ranked higher, right? I don't understand that either. Which Uh, is to say that (laughs) there may be an issue with CBS's rankings. Um, And and Fangraphs does have, have value for... Uh, a lot of things it's just it's harder for me when we're com- like i'm looking at a cbs list which i think is more accessible to to the folks who listen and, and no, i'm uh, looking at it too it's it's kind of odd i mean there's but show is only number 19 well i guess there's like a bunch of folks tied for all these wars because it's just been a few it, anyway, it's basically Tony's had a fine fine start um right Sunil's, it basically Sunil would be running out the most embarrassing team in the history of beef league. If you didn't have Otani and Matt Chapman, basically. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I know. Okay. And so I'm looking at Otani over on Fangraphs. and chip to your point again, he's got a four point or 0.47 ERA, but his uh, FIP is three ish. Three, two, five, two, five. I mean, it's, he's good. Uh, he's got more walks than, or normal. I wonder if they'll normalize in the end. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't start tooting your horn about Nick Lodolo and his start. Well, the, this is the thing. I think there, there's with the pitchers, there's just too, there's so much noise. Um, you and I both listen to that other podcast that uh, gets into the weeds of this stuff of like uh, deciphering signal versus noise here. But I, I still think like there's, we, we need more starts from certain pitchers to, to determine whether or not it's a, it's a in like it's just a good ma- a couple good matchups or 
or it's actually a good start. Um, and so Lodolo is, he's got a, he had a ton of Ks against, uh, I can't remember the team, like the Phillies or something. Um, he's had a good start uh, of the season, but he's Nick Lodolo and he pitches in Cincinnati. So he's going well, to I mean, have he, some bad luck up ahead. So current as, a, as of Thursday night, and, and I don't know if this is incorporating, obviously I don't think it's incorporating the game that's going on right now, uh, which is the late night game. But mm-hmm. K, per, K per nine, top five, one to five. Nick Lodolo with 15.75, Spencer Strider at 15.19, Hunter mm-hmm. Green at 14.79, yep. DeGrom at 14.58, and Chris Sale at 14.25. Um, I'm not Whoa, surprised. Chris Sale, look at that. I'm not really surprised by those names just because those historically, Sale and DeGrom have been huge K per nine guys. Uh, Chris Sale hasn't pitched in three years, but like I'm talking about like back in the White Sox days. Um, and then you've got Green Strider are that doesn't surprise me based on past performance. And Lodolo, you know, potential wise, it's a, to me that's surprising that he's at this high. Uh, and, and again, it's it, it's probably going to go down, but um, you know, if he can sustain something like that, he's actually the best of those pitchers, if we're looking at ERA and um, where's his, where is his whip? It's not oh, in here. Anyway, yeah. but like he's a high strand, right? I mean, the, the thing is it's a, it's a nice early start to the season. It's, it's good. But uh, like his ERA is at 1.5. His fifth is what? It's not going to stay there. No, it's not. The point but, is, but, but, but his feeling independent pitching is 0.91, which is to say what he's done so far, he's actually, he, he should be outperforming this 1.5 ERA. So he's been very successful. And, and that's, again, that's where we looked at guys like, you know, currently DeGrom has a 4.32 ERA, but if he didn't have to count on his fielders, he'd have a 1.31, meaning Correct. you expect it to come closer to his, to his FIP. And I think just the fact that it, that Ladillo's ERA and his FIP are that close to me tells me that this is you know that, that it's re- it's real. I'm not saying it's going to last. I'm just saying that what he's doing is real. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, notably, uh, we glossed over Jeff Jeffrey Springs. He's had a great uh, start to the season. He has a hundred percent strand rate. A hundred percent. So anyone he's put on base, he's left there. Well, he hasn't given up a run yet. And he hasn't given up a run. <laughs> but the thing, the problem with him is that uh, today he pitched and he stopped feeling his arm. So that's that a concern. Good. That <laughs> yeah, it's an owner, it's something, whatever. Um, but I have no idea if I'm ever going to be able to use him again this year, if I'm going to have to drop him by tomorrow when they determine that he's out for the season. So, well, yeah. So... That's not good, um, from what I gather, when you can't feel your arm. But let the doctors do their job and come back to you tomorrow and tell you whether or not he's got he's out for two weeks or he's out for the rest of his career. We don't know. We don't. We don't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, pitching so far has, has been interesting. Uh, I, and I just want to segue over to uh, just real briefly about the new rules. Um, you know, with pitchers, for example, the shifting rules have been a huge change. Uh, you probably have noticed it. The speed, the, the, the pitch clock's been a big change. Uh, do you think that it's, it's impacted some of these guys? 
Yeah, I think yes. Uh, there, you know, in the games that I watch is interesting just because I think there's still a lot of ironing out that needs to happen. Um, but so from I, I don't know if that to me if the pitch clock is as impactful. I, ga- game times are down um, totally. by by average by 30 minutes, which is huge. And they actually they're at least I know in Milwaukee. I was listening to the news. In Milwaukee, and at least one other place, they're actually they're going to keep selling beer until the eighth inning because the games are so much shorter now. They're they've lost so much revenue in beer sales. <laughs> so, like you know, unintended consequences of of a shorter game. But I, I don't know. Watching it, it doesn't seem to really that to me doesn't seem to be the bigger change. To me, the bigger change is shifts where. I mean, Tim Anderson, if he stays healthy, is going to bat like 375 this year. Um, yeah, but he's always, he he should because he's fast and he hits the ball somewhat hard on the ground, but it can run up quite a bit. So he has a high career BABIP. It, no, That's he does, but, but I'm still like, I'm saying, it's, right. It's, but for me, it's still a watching games where like the balls go through. You can't line up your infield the same way that you did before. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and like Tim Anderson is an opposite, like he can hit both way to both sides of the field. But my point is like, it's, I'm watching that. And like there, the number of times I watched the ball and I was like, that's a ground out last year um, mm-hmm. because they've got another infield over there. And, or, or if they try to, you know, play it, it's still, it doesn't work out. So to me, that's been more noticeable uh, as has the stolen bases is nuts to me <laughs> i mean we've got so like this far into the season we've got one Who two three league four, four, five, six seven eight we've got nine guys that already have over five or more and we're 12 games, games in the season yeah uh acuna straw and jorge mateo each have six tim anderson glaber torres oh. bobby witt corbin carroll cedric mullins and nico horner all have five and then the list of fours is actually, it's pretty small, but like the list of threes is not. So my point is that to me, I've, I think that's been more impactful. You're getting runners in scoring position more often. And uh, maybe that's why that's where we get a lot of these pitchers struggling because they can't hold runners like they used to. That's a good point. Um, we'll be interesting to see how that kind of sustains and, or does it correlate into uh just people have to be in strand more often uh, or the, sorry, not strands, the stretch more often yeah. um, and dealing with that type of stuff more often. Uh, well, one other thing about the, just the shift is my assumption or hypothesis is that ground ball pitchers are going to see a lot more of a, um, a impact in, in a negative way. And of course the three top ground ball starting pitchers, are Stroman, uh, Framber Valdez, who's who's the king of ground balls, and Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo and Stroman are having great starts. I I really do not understand why. Um. So in looking at that, are you looking at this season's ground ball rates, or are you looking yes. at past seasons? This season. Okay. So when I look at that, right? I mean, so there are guys. To, to me, I, I can't explain. I'm sorry. So I, I can't explain Stroman or Lugo, right? I, I don't know. 
if that's just like weak contact ground balls that are hit versus, you know, and like Fromber's not even having that bad of a year. Um, If anything, he's, he's playing above his, his, his fifth, right. So his defense has been better, but I think it'll be interesting to look at kind of like more. So when we have more starts under our belt to look at this and say like, okay, let's look at last year. Who were the, the heavy ground ball guys? And um, compare that to, you know, where are they this year? And, and Framber's definitely beyond that list. But if we look back on like, I, I don't know, is Stroman that high on the list if we were to look at, you know, 2022? I think he is. A, he he has a pretty decent. Um, uh, oh, just pause for three seconds here while I confirm. Historically speaking, no, he is a 50, 51 last two years. Um, ground ball rate and this year is 69%. Okay. Um, and so just looking at last year's numbers, I'm, I'm on fan graphs again, looking at ground ball rate from was at 66 and a half percent. The next closest was Logan Webb at 56.7. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle Wright, Alcantara, Marty Perez, Max Freed, Shane McClanahan. Those are the only guys over 50% ground ball rate last year across the entire, for the full season. So, and there's um, many more, there's 25 guys, 24 guys with 50% or higher right now. So again, it's, it's a mixed bag of good and bad. Um, so don't draw, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how this sustains. Right. Uh, and just if it, if it's something, if it's a trend or something. And then but, there's um, also a, I don't know where the statistic exists, but I, I have heard on multiple occasions, you know, Sarah's talk about, um, Basically, the the pitcher the pitchers with the highest percentage of shift outs or, or something like it's it's and, and I'll tell you the reason I remember it very specifically it's because he always references it to Tony Gonsolin and why he hates Tony Gonsolin I also happen to hate Tony Gonsolin so I just obviously that just sits at the top of mind when I think of Tony Gonsolin um, but the you know his theory was right that I don't even think Gonsolin's pitched this year but if and when he does that he based on the numbers last year where he crushed, he had the highest number of outs from the shift of any pitcher. Theoretically that should go away now that the shift is gone. And what does that mean in terms of his production? But I, I don't know where he got that stat. And if it's like publicly available, cause I love to see that just to see like, okay, who else is on that list? And let's see. Um, cause that might be even more um, on point than just ground ball rate across the board right yeah it'll be interesting to see just to monitor uh yeah last thing just to call out and because i don't own this guy uh and i i've been monitoring and i just i kind of wish i did but it's okay it's early in the season it'll be interesting to see if this materializes but there's actually two guys if i list off these 10 players tell me who stands out degrom otani Hunter Green, Spencer Strider, Drew Rasmussen, Graham Ashcraft, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Corbin Burns, Kevin Gossman, and Dustin May. Ashcraft and uh, Rasmussen. Yeah. So the other names are all perceived as being like the top 10 pitchers in baseball. And those, this, I'm doing this in, in terms of stuff plus on fan graphs. Ashcraft is number four. I, I try to randomize it a little bit, so not to yeah. 
And Dustin May is number 10. Drew Rasmussen, I just I, I also glossed over, is number six. Everyone else, if you if you keep going down to like 15, these are the top 15 p- p- players that you, we, we talked about before the season. Right. There's th- these three new names. Well, so apparently what I was listening to about Ashcraft uh, and Ashcraft. So so both uh, Rasmussen was drafted in, in, in our draft. So he wasn't uh-huh. capped. Um, By Vishnu. Yeah. And then um, and Ashcraft was a free agent until like five days ago. Um, exactly. And, and the interesting thing to me about Ashcraft that I was listening to is like, so apparently he throws like a, he throws like a Sandy Alcantara 98 mile per hour sinker. That's just a bowling ball. Mean. Kind of like, peak, yeah, yeah, like peak uh, Frankie uh, Montas, you know, again, 98 miles per hour. It's just, it just drops. And it's every time you hit it, you're just hitting it into the ground. Um, but apparently like, he added three miles per hour to his slider. And yep. so now like sliders also like low to mid nineties, which is nuts. So I haven't seen this guy pitch ever, but I'm, I'm going to try to catch his next start just because I want to see what this looks like in real life. Um, but I, I wonder how much of this, uh, of his current stuff, right? Like if he's throwing, if you had three miles per hour to your slider, that stuff plus is going to shoot way up. And again, stuff plus is a moving number kind of, I guess like all statistics are, but um, it, with each start, it's based on like the actual, the number of times you throw the pitch and the quality of the pitch when you throw it. And so it can go down. Like what I'm saying is like, if he, if this is just like a, for some reason he's amped up and he's throwing it three miles per hour faster and that's going to slow down this year to like, go back to like 90, we might see a stuff plus go down. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's totally. so whereas so like with Rasmussen though, I like Rasmussen, I feel like is always one of those guys that has shown up well in the stuff plus um, r- r- metrics. It's just always been a question of like, are they ever going to let him throw more than four innings? Yes. <laughs> you know, like last year he had a um, good season. He, he did. And, and, and so did spring. Yeah. And like, those are guys like where, I mean, with the Rays, unless you're really on fire, you're not pitching more than six. Um, no. So it's, but, but it, it sounds like both with, I, from, I can tell you with Springs, but also looking, having played against Rasmussen last week on Vishnu's team, um, you know, the, the quality of what these guys are doing is like they're, they're it, it, it limited innings, but the quality is there. Like it, they're super helpful in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was just interesting. It'll, it'll be something I'll be watching at least the rest of this year. See if those names hold, or maybe things will change. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, with that, I'd like to switch over to the the hashtag that you brought up last uh, last call. This thing called intangibles. This can you get give hashtag, me more details? Hashtag intangibles. All Who I have to is say on is, this roster of yours of intangibles. Okay, so on this roster, two names everyone should be familiar with because they're among the best intangibles in baseball. Number one, Luis Arias. Okay. The guy is with the Marlins for less than 10 games. And he hits the first cycle in Marlins history. Am mm. I surprised? Not at all. Marlins have had some great hitters. Miguel Cabrera, brute squad favorite, love him to death. He never hit a cycle there. Luis Arias did. Okay. Intangibles. 
<laughs> Number two on this list also happens to play second base sometimes. However, he can play anywhere on the diamond because of, again, intangibles. Louis Rengifo. Okay. That guy. Don't, need to, don't look at his numbers. You don't need to. All you need to know is <laughs> when the Angels need a big hit, does Shohei do it? No. Does Trout do it? No. Does Rendon do it? No. Mm, mm. Number like seven or eight in the lineup comes to Rengifo. You need a single. You need a double. You need a three-run home run to win the game. Intangibles. That guy. And also, I should point out, specifically with Rengifo, I think there are steroids involved there, which definitely impact intangibles. So... Mm. That's just a, you know, me talking out loud. Cause he used to be like, it was like Sammy Sosa from the white Sox, And then you see him that one year over the Cubs and you're like, Oh, something's changed. Um, <laughs> and that's like Lewis Rengifo. So those guys are yeah. definitely in my intangibles list. So you got two, two. I thought you had, you had a number of other names that were. Oh, sure. Still- I mean, Gushing with intangibles. But let's, I mean, and maybe that's a project for me is to put together my all intangibles team. These mm-hmm. are just the guys that, you know, top of mind for me um, have really just shown and proven my point, basically. Case closed, point proven. Uh, we have a verdict. I'm right. Okay. So uh, may I volunteer a couple names that you you tell me that they're, they're, they're on the team or stars of the team or just not on the team whatsoever? Uh, Jose Ramirez. Okay, so the, yeah, well, so Jose Ramirez, also known as Juan Uribe 2.0, also known as the King of the Caribbean. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in baseball. So, right, why can't he be an intangibles player? Because you kind of like when you're that good, it's not intangibles. Like I can't explain yeah. the fact that he's a small, a very small rotund man but still somehow can steal bases really well like he runs really well um i think honestly like that's less intangibles and more magic all right let me give you some other names yes uh luis garcia who the astros pitcher luis garcia oh he's had such a bad start but rumor has it that he actually wore intangibles who cares well, no, because you have to, like, okay, the intangibles team, yes and no. I'll give him intangibles for the hair because the Stevie Wonder braids in, like, opening day where he wore, like, the actual real gold, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. beads in his Stevie Wonder braids, like, that was pretty, honestly, pretty divine. Like, if I had to pick an apostle <laughs> right now on Earth, I would probably look to Luis, Luis Garcia on the Astros and be like, are we sure there's not something there? Um, where, okay. Where does Nestor Cortez fit in this? Nestor, he's in tangibles, but he hasn't pitched yet. It, it's okay if he hasn't pitched yet. It's it's okay. I mean, like... Okay, we're rounding out the all-intangibles team? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. There, I think, Trip, you're right. I think that we can look at Jose Ramirez and be like, he... It's part magic, mostly magic, and a lot of intangibles for Jose Ramirez. So, he's mm-hmm. like the team captain. He's like the you know, Michael Jordan of the intangibles team. Okay. And everyone we've talked about so far has a place on that team and a place in my heart, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Um, You know, statistics aside, these are the players who are, they have it. They just in a perfect world. Yes. These guys would all be on my team. Okay. 
Okay, I think so. You have some homework to do of figuring out who rounds out this roster. I don't think you can fill it with seven second basemen. You've got to have a first baseman and an outfielder and catcher and all that jazz. First baseman, easy. Um, G Man Choi. <laughs> easy? Why? G Man Choi, when you look at, remember, um, who was the guy on the Mariners? Like, 11 years ago that we got from Korea um, who he hit a bunch of home runs and stuff, but he was like one of the most out of shape looking, like some baseball players are like bigger or rounder or fat, but he was just like, like just like almost like Homer Simpson build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forget this guy's name. And then he went to Korea and it got even bigger, unfortunately for him, or maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to judge, whatever. G-Man um, Choi is kind of like that. He's like, he just reminds me of like a panda and, but he's got like, he's, he's, you know, got insta anyway, G-Man Choi's on the list. Okay. Okay. Uh, around, shortstop outfield. Yeah, you'll come back next week with a full roster. And I want to hear the narrative of that team for the, yeah. if they were to play hypothetically. I'll tell you right now, I think the catcher is going to be based on best hair. <laughs> so this is yes next week we'll have i'll round out the roster um mm-hmm. thank you for indulging me chip in my intangibles quest um again this is this is why i win championships people uh, um this is not why you win championships it's all <laughs> just a reminder that like the 2010 2012 13 14 first baseman of the mariners not only justin smoke the oh, the smoke monster. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, there's a guy. I'll find his name. Um, I want to say it's like um, Deho. Deho. Deho Lee. That's it. Deho Lee. Deho Lee. Uh, I think his last name was Lee. I definitely remember the Deho because I remember when when I go to games, I would just scream Deho Deho. Um. And drive people nuts. Yep, I'm sure that's why you have tons of Mariner friends. Okay. However, I am grateful, Chip. You said that you gladly go to some game with me, and um, I think I had to do. I, so I went to a cracking game last week with my brother, and as usual, I was just you know some of the things I screamed really embarrassed him. Um, but when we go to games together, you kind of let me do my thing, which is really mm-hmm. nice. I don't feel like I'm, you know, letting you down for um, my antics at a game. Speaking of which, remind me, Chip, where I started this. Did I talk to you about the whole trip? Um, yeah. So explore, explore the space. Yeah, I'm gonna. Thank you. So a uh, few <laughs> years ago, Chip, Sunil, and I did some games in California as uh, Beef League scout team. Um, but I really want to see if we can like, can, is anyone interested in going to a, an Anaheim angels game to go see Louis Rengifo? <laughs> um, I'd call it, you know, a Hodge or a pilgrimage, um, of sorts for me. Positives are, if you go, you get to see like Shohei and trout, maybe, you know, like there are other, things but what i'm throwing out here is not necessarily in los angeles but like if um trying to gauge some 
interest from folks in a summer weekend things like leave Friday, you're home Sunday night, we go watch a game or two somewhere in America. And I'm open to going anywhere to do this. Um, but it might just depend on those who are interested in joining. So we'll call it a pilgrimage. I think it can be a fun thing. I had a lot of fun when you, Sunil, and I were in Los Angeles, um, notwithstanding, you know, the everything that was going on at the time. So, yeah, um, it, was, it was a while ago now. That was four years ago. Um, no, couldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Wow. It doesn't feel that long ago and i'm so I, well, sure i stand um, that i i would i would prefer to go to do like cleveland and pittsburgh or philly and baltimore yeah but, like we can and that's we chip and i've looked at it it's pretty easy to do if you wanted to do like nationals baltimore and philly in three days you can do it pretty easily um you know we yeah um, and then, or to your point, like a Pittsburgh, Cleveland thing, I've always really wanted to go to Coors Field. So, um, there's nothing near Coors Field though, unfortunately. No, um, but for a weekend for us to go to like, for people to go to Denver and, and to go to a game, that could be fun. Yeah. So I think that the summer, summer at Coors Field would be really cool. Um, and not, not, nothing against the angels, uh, either. Um, it's just, if you're going to fly, I'd like to get a couple of games in and, and do it. Um. Yeah, that's or, all. you know, again, we could do road trip like we did and do like Angels Giants or something. Angels Giants Oakland. Yeah, um, just just the one thing to note to, to everyone. I think we've said say this in the past, but when we looked at this last time four years ago, uh, the A's and Giants, for example, San Francisco, they literally never, have yeah. revised their schedule so that you can't do this. Right. Um, well, you can. You just have to do it like on a. You'd have to see did. one team on a Sunday and the other team on a Monday because it's it's based on the series, right? Like it would be a. Yeah, they never Angels, have series. Or, uh, excuse me. Oh, oh, um, A's finish their series on Sunday. Giants are back in town on Monday, or something like that. You you can work it out, but it's harder to do like a Saturday Sunday game or a Friday Saturday games there. Oh. Um, so, well, hey, but folks, listen, if you're interested in this pilgrimage, we'd ask that you, you know, hit us up on team, uh, you know, on our not teams um, in our chat and we can kind of, we'll talk about it, but I think it'd be really fun if we can get some folks to go. If it's just me, Sunil and Chip again, I'm still going to have a great time. So uh, true. Unfortunately, Sunil will be with us, but yes, good time. Would be Sunil was a great time. Do you remember how I brought walkie talkies for us and everyone thought <laughs> That they wouldn't let us bring the walkie-talkies in, and they did. And then yeah, into know, Dodger Stadium. It was yeah. very um, yeah. And Sunil was a great driver. Um, when I mean great, I mean slow. And um, and you sitting sitting in the back seat, just yelling at him constantly. I wasn't yelling. Holding. It was just hinting at like, huh? Like still in the left lane, you're getting passed on the right, <laughs> so you should probably change lanes, don't you think? Little tidbits, courtesies. Little nuggets, nuggets. Exactly. Anyway. Hey, well, listen, um, folks, we are at an hour. Um, so we're going to call it quits for tonight. But we'll be back at some point next week. And we're going to regale to you all of the wonderful happenings in this fine Chicago beef league of ours. Oh, I have one last story. May Let's I, hear it. May I indulge? indulge yeah. Here. 
we we uh, just real brief. Uh, my the president of North America, Adidas, uh, he was he went to a St. Louis Cardinals game, and he now he's a baseball fan, apparently. Uh, and he shared that with me today, and I, I I looked at him dead dead in the eyes and said, "How dare you?" And told him he's, that's that's wrong. And uh, and to which he laughed. But then I reminded him that I'm a Cubs fan from Chicago. That Cardinals are evil, and I uh, I implore him to go to a Cubs game. Uh, but point being, there are some people in the world who do not understand baseball, do not know baseball, and this this year is like their first experience of it. This whole all of these changes in baseball really are attracting some people. I'm it's all anecdotal right now. I know, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy about the changes in baseball right now. I just so wanted to say that. Where's this guy from? Is he from uh, Netherlands or is he from Germany? He's English. He's English. Oh, he's English. So but all you have to tell him is basically like, you know, it would be like if you're a Liverpool fan and you went to an Everton game. Sure. And sure. he'd understand the hatred that you, yeah. Um, a new idea for the pilgrimage, because you mentioned, you know, baseball for people who don't know baseball. We could also, I would, I, okay, so if we, if this happens, I promise you I will at least look into inviting at least one Ukrainian refugee with <laughs> us to the game. <laughs> okay. So there's a chance that it's just going to be me, Sunil, Chip, and a random Ukrainian refugee <laughs> at this game. And the, I'm just throwing this out there. And if you guys are listening still and you don't <laughs> think that sounds like a great time, then you're in the wrong league because that sounds fabulous. We would have him drive, right? We would have him drive. No, he's not. He's a refugee. How is he going to drive? He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a license. He, he right. probably wants to drive. Probably just, you know what? We can, if Sunil rents the car, I'm all for the refugee driving. <laughs> it's all insane. Just not yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and just also not me. Like, not it's not going to be my car if he wrecks it because who knows how they're driving? Oh. And for all we know, in the Ukraine right now, like they're just have lost. Uh, they don't pay attention to traffic laws because they're getting bombed. So you know, I, I'm not getting um, into that, but more so the fact that he's probably a refugee. He doesn't have a, a license and he doesn't yes, have insurance. Yes, yes, yes. It'd be fun. It would be living fun. dangerously. Anyway. Living dangerously. Great song, Barrington Levy. All right, folks, <laughs> that's the, all I'm going to say to end this. Cheers, everyone. Hello. What are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?